Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Each week on Irishman Running Abroad, I've been lucky enough to get the chance to talk to Ireland's greatest track athlete of all time about her journey from small-town phenomenon to world-beating elite athlete. And across the last three years of conversations with her, her hometown of Cove has come up so many times because it was on those hilly roads that she cut her teeth and built the aerobic capacity to take on and beat the best in the world on the biggest stage. Well, with the Cove 10-mile road race organised by her hometown club of Ballymore Cove AC, you get the chance to run those very roads shoulder to shoulder with Sonia herself. This year, we are, through this podcast, giving you the chance to be coached by Sonia for the Cove 10-mile road race. And today, we are putting the call out. If you want to throw your hat in the ring to be part of Sonia's squad, just email us your story and why you should be picked. You will get this one-of-a-kind coaching experience as a result. The selected runners will, of course, get free entry to the race and one-to-one coaching programs from the GOAT herself. Sonia, this is a hell of a project. It's a hell of a prize for anyone. Who exactly are you looking for? Oh, everybody. <laughs> everybody and anybody. Right, so runners of all types. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's suitable to everybody, you know, but I suppose the sooner you decide you're going to do it, then the more prepared that you can be. Mm. Yeah. So what kind of time commitment does somebody emailing have to have available? Like, what would they need to have for this? Just that they know that they're not taking on, you know, a new life as an elite athlete. Um, Oh, no. I mean, it's not a huge commitment. I mean, I think there's so much time right now to, you know, to get to Mm. Uh, Um, There's a lot of time to think about it. I mean, I've even accounted for, you know, enjoy the holidays. And, you know, let's not start on January 1st. You know, we can maintain fitness and go out and then have a good run because you want to because you enjoy it and then be ready to get started in January and even then I mean you know it's still a long way out you have all of January all of February all of March and into April so I think I looked up and if we start the middle of January with a proper program that's 12 weeks to go Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, what we'll we've put the call out now. The email address is irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail dot com to be considered. Just mark your emails, uh, Sonia's squad, because that's what you'll be. You'll be part of the crew. Later on, our definitive last minute gift guide for the runners in your life. You're going to need to hear that. And Vinnie Mulvey returns to talk a little bit about heart rate training. Now, sign up for the race itself. If you're not interested in being in the squad, sign up for the race itself has begun and all the fi- finishers, it has to be said, will receive the fabled Sonia Sullivan mug and goodie bag and medal. This year, they've got a lovely Parisian theme to them, don't they, Sonia, for the Olympics? You were at the launch of the race. Uh, did you get a look at the gear or has it not arrived yet? Um, no, we didn't have the gear yet. If we did, we probably would have modelled it. <laughs> <laughs> No, we just came in our um, Ballymore Cove finest and black and yellow. And this year, yes, we're going blue and red. 
and yeah. it looks pretty good. They're yeah, very so. nice. It's very nice. It always is. And the mug, you know, I know I joke about the mug, but the, the mugs, they get an, you, I get an awful lot of use out of this mug. <laughs> I don't know why. I always tend to reach for it. All the 10 mile race entrants uh, who enter before the 24th of February 2024 are automatically entered into a brilliant little draw to win two prize prizes and night bed and breakfast at the luxurious five-star photo island hotel and spa i've stayed there it is fantastic that's situated in its own little private island which of course you run all the time as well sonia that's a spot that you can find sonia on strava when she's back there you get yourself pampered in the glorious surroundings on race weekend get yourself a nice seaweed bath afterwards is that something you're into sonia the bit of a a bath out at photo post-race yeah, I don't mind that. It's pretty good. Um, they've got a nice water therapy pool out there, that, especially if it's anywhere cool. You know, it's nice to go out there and you can really warm yourself up. Mm. Um, but it's a perfect location to be the night before the race. You'll get in nice and handy. And yeah. then if you happen to stay the night after, you get to go for a run around the island as well yeah. or even a, a walk around. It's a, it's a lovely place. Um, and really good for families, too, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think they have like a, a sherry trail there and just the well, animals, of course, the, the wildlife park. At right, right, right next door to the uh, photo of the wildlife park. Yeah, yeah, which even you can go for if you go for a run, there's a special run you go on and you can check in on the tigers in the morning when they're just when they're coming out and you don't even have to be inside the gates of the wildlife park to see that. Lovely stuff. The 24 race. Is again, uh, am I right in saying this is a fundraiser for a breakthrough cancer research and, of course, Ballymore Cove AC itself and their facilities. But you, of course, Sonia, uh, have a bit of history, you'd have to say, with the 10-mile distance. In case you don't know, Sonia set a 10-mile road race world record at the Bupa Great South Run in Portsmouth on June 14th, 2007. 51 minutes flat, if you don't mind. Here's a question for you, Sonia. Can you tell me... Who held the record before you? Do you remember? Do you know who that was? You beat her by sixteen seconds. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it was never in doubt. Hmm. It wasn't Liz McColgan, was it? It wasn't. It was. It's no. definitely an athlete that I hadn't heard of. Jill Hunter. No. Give you one no. more guess. Okay. Uh, I think Lorna Kipliga. She might have broken it a week after me, unless it was hers. Colleen Daruk. Have you ever heard of this woman? Oh, I have, yeah. She's from South Africa. Yeah, and then became a US citizen. 51-16 was her record. I mean, she couldn't have been disappointed when you you smashed it by 16 seconds. Did you know going into that Great South run that that was the aim here? Um, No, I don't think so, no. I don't think I thought I would be going that fast. Yeah. Um, I think I just got into a nice group with a nice bunch of people and um, I just got carried along and it, you know, for, it was in Portsmouth in the south of England and normally it's a very windy place mm. and this day, I think the wind was with us all the way, apart from the last mile was the toughest part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had good company on the run that day and, um, you know, it felt like I was moving really well and some days you do, some days... Everything just clicks and, you know, you feel like you couldn't run any faster. You know, you're flying along. Now, there will will be those people that go 10 miles, right? There will be people who have listened to the first five minutes of this pod and thought, God, that would be awesome to be coached by Sonia O'Sullivan 
but is 10 miles beyond me. What is it about this distance that you particularly like or would encourage people to give it a whack this time? Well, I think um, when I was training years ago, I measured everything in miles. And so it was the pace per mile and the number of miles that I would run. Now, I think a lot of people are more leaning over towards kilometers. Mm. As far as I know, apart from America, that's one of the few places where they still talk in miles. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it's in, in England or the UK, so. but definitely in America, the college system, they do everything in miles. And so then it's a bit of a maths lesson for the kids as well, who, especially the internationals who come in trying to work out what it is in kilometers. <laughs> and it's amazing. You can really like be one system or the other. And now I'm kind of, in I'm between kind of the two stools, a yeah. Little bit. Um, but I still understand what a six minute mile is or what a five minute mile is more than I would any like pace in kilometers. It just, mm. I would still kind of be thinking if it's a four minute kilometer, what's that in miles? Because I think that feeling of mile pace is kind of ingrained into me from, from a very long time. Mm. And that was like way back to when we didn't even have GPS or Garmin, but we still spoke about it. Like, like we knew, maybe we had a better feel for what, how long a mile was back then. Yeah. And so then the 10 mile just became a very round first double figure number, right? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, when kilometers started to creep in, then the 10K was a big thing. And, right. Or the mini marathon, they used to call it, when women first started running that distance. And um, yeah, 10 miles is, it's kind of a bridge between the 10K and the half marathon for those who are you know, if you might be getting ready for a marathon and you don't quite want to put in the big effort of a half marathon and the recovery that will be involved after that. 10 miles is, it's long enough, but it's not too long. And, you know, it's long enough also that you, you're not going as fast as you would in a 10K. You, you slow down a little bit because of it. And it does stretch you a little bit. It's a good test, I think. And um, particularly around Cove with the hills, it probably feels more like a half marathon for some people. <laughs> Yeah, well, but, we but, do need to talk about that. But you were going to say? Um, interesting. I mean, the times are pretty fast there. And um, over the years, we've definitely had the fastest times in Ireland for the whole year. Um, or, you know, definitely ranked right up there. So um, I'm not sure what it was for last year, but we're always chasing the course record as well. Hmm. Uh, I think when we first started promoting it and we had the mugs and... You know, probably t- took over a little bit from Valley Cotton 10 Mile, which is a very famous road race that I can't remember how many years it was on for, but it was worldwide famous. And um, so, you know, we wanted to probably get, you know, try and get up there and be known as... Yeah, get Cotton. on the map, yeah. A race that people want to run and be a part of. And we've been very lucky the past number of years. Really good weather brings out the crowds and it's the perfect finish line down into the central cove it really is and i wonder how much that contributes to those uh, fast times because there is no finish line quite like this if i could encourage anybody who's gone yeah it's a long way to go though uh it's worth it for that run into town uh i don't i haven't run everywhere but like sonia there ha- there can't be too many run-ins 
like it. You really get the wind in your sails, regardless of where the wind is coming from. And everybody gets the feeling of winning because they're going at breakneck speed down this hill into town. Do you know any other race quite like it for its finish? Uh, um, well, I'm sure there is a few, but um, it's a pretty good one. Um, you know, it's a natural finish and it's a narrowing up that you can get a pretty good crowd. Um, it blocks off the street for a bit of time. Um, but I think when you have a natural finish like that, you have to use it. Mm. And then, you know, you build the rest of the race around it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And you having your own statue by the finish line as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a built, <laughs> ready made finish. Like. It, it, the other thing that we're not talking about just yet is just the vibe. I mean, everybody, we've all done races around the place where you're like, yeah, it didn't seem like a big occasion for the town. This is. Uh, I've obviously done it a couple of times now and just the buzz around town. And with the gathering of our listeners as well as everybody else, it is the kind of uh, national meetup for anybody who listens to Irishman running abroad uh, to get to run with Sonia and myself and all the crew and get the team photo taken before. And it's all just part of this great weekend. I'll also be down in Cork two days before it to do the Everyman Theatre. If you fancy coming along, tickets are on sale now from the Everyman Theatre in Cork. But that was just a handy one to be able to uh, connect up those two dots. It was the the hills that was the first thing that frightened me about this run when you first said, let's do that. Uh, you just grew up accepting these hills, Sonia. You just didn't... It was never a thing, was it, when you were growing up? Um, well, it was a thing, or at least, but, you know, like the slogan on the back of the shirt says, it's a hill, get over it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't talk about it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with hills is that, I suppose, it, it's easy to run on the flat, but it also breaks up the course when you have hills. I mean, there, if there's an uphill, there's a downhill. So you get a little bit of a boost as well on the way back down. Mm. And... Um, you know, you get that rolling momentum that is really great that pushes you on to the next mile. Yeah, so, um, for sure. There's yeah, a, lot, I mean, a lot more downhill than people rec- realize, too. That, like you say, if people are going, oh, there's going to be hills, uh, there's plenty of races where there isn't that much downhill. But this one really does compensate uh, with the downhills. Do, are you planning, when you say you're putting together a plan for people that will be based on their ability, will you be including hills in those plans? Well, I think hills are a really important part of any training program. So, you know, we might as well do some hills because or hilly runs. It's like I think the weekend run that people do their long run should definitely include hills. And, um, you know, I think it's an area where people can kind of get away from being so focused on the pace that they're running Mm. and just go out there and run for time and go for an hour run over hills. And that's something that I did when I was growing up. And on Wednesday, was always a hilly fartlek. And um, it took in some of those roads along from Ballymore along the back before you come back down into Cove. And, um, yeah, it was always run hard up the hills and, you know, cruise the rest. And um, it's it's very good, for, uh, I suppose, the running form. Uh, people talk a lot about running form. Um, running up hills is really good because it really makes you concentrate and think about what you're doing you know yeah you using your arms and pick up the knees pick up your knees pick up your face and um so you use different muscles and if you're running on the flat all the time and 
you know, time making sure that you go on a steady pace all the time. This breaks it up and, there, you know, there will be slow miles in there, slow kilometers, but then there'll also be fast miles and kilometers on the way back down the hill. Is, is running up a hill, like, is that a special kind of fitness? Like, is it take a, is it, or is it more of a mental thing that you get practiced at? You always told me in this podcast to run over the hill. Don't uh, run to the top to run all the way over the other side. Uh, is Am I right in saying that it's a special kind of mental fitness to run hills? Um, it can be. I mean, some people just kind of, the, the anticipation of the hill puts them off straight away. So they start thinking negative thoughts before they even get there. Oh, and yeah. I've had them, it. yeah. Um, but then you also get people who are afraid of the hill and then they get there and they run it and they think, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So... You know, I think it's just a part of the course. And the best thing you can do is to lean into the hill. And then also, if there's people around you, just try and keep up with them. Yeah. So you look around and if there's people there, you say, okay, I'm going to keep up with them here. And then, you know, either they're going to be a bit better than you or you might find that you're better than them. Mm. And um, you can push it on. I mean, I, I was out this morning in um, Richmond Park in London and there's plenty of hills over there. Um, I, I was there on my bike and, you know, I... It's one of those things when you go out the door, it's a bit chilly, but you know that once you get stuck into the hills that it's going to get, it's going to warm you up pretty quick because it, it's hard work, it gets your heart rate up and you're working hard and it feels good. And you, you just kind of think about the hill that you're in at that moment in time or the mile you're in mm. and you don't worry about the rest. Just get up that hill and then get on to the next thing. Oh God, I'm already on board, Sonia, to be honest with you. I'm really excited about this. I'll obviously be training for the London Marathon in the midst of all of this. This will be a great little uh, tune-up race for that. If for any of you that are uh, training for London, I met Marace in uh, Cork when I was doing the Christmas luncheon for the Cork Chamber on Friday. She is training for, she's a member of Eagle Athletic Club. Shout out to her. She's training for London. Also not the worst time to give a shout out to all the Irishmen running abroad crew that showed up for the Malahide 500th park run uh, there at Malahide. Winona Grant, Rojo did his 50th. Jermot was in there. Mick Kenahan, Carl Fleming, um, Jan O'Hernan and many, many more showed up. Uh, I was raging I couldn't be there. And also another quick shout out to Seamus McAteer, Sonia, who has sent two books for each of us, a little Christmas gift for both of us. Thanks to Seamus McAteer and thanks for all his work across the year. I don't know if Seamus is taking part in a marathon in 2024, uh, but Cove wouldn't be the worst tune-up race, would it, if you are taking part in a marathon around that time of year? Yeah, I think the timing is pretty good this year for the Cove 10. Is it about two weeks out from London, is it? Yeah. Two weeks, yeah, that's perfect. You know, it's it's long enough and it's going to be testing enough that you'll see where you're at and then, you know, it'll be leading you right into the taper for the marathon. So mm. I think I can't think of a, a better um, a better training plan than to include a 10-mile race. Um, and the hills, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. It's just you <laughs> use them as part building your fitness I think you hit on something there as well in terms of hill training which of course we will have an episode on that the the fun the crack of running hills with people versus by yourself is night and day it is actually kind of a fun thing to do together but alone it can be attritional now you obviously don't want people going out over Christmas going right I'm going to be on this team with Sonia, whether she picks me out of the hat or not, I'm going to run loads of hills this Christmas. 
when you say people can uh, enjoy their Christmas running, there's no way of getting ahead of the training. It's not like the leaving cert. You can't be doing grinds beforehand. Uh, people just need to not overindulge this Christmas and just keep keep the shovel tipping. Is that the idea? Well, it's kind of nice to balance the books, you know, over Christmas where you have, you know, you can go out and do some exercise and you can enjoy the, the food and the drink a bit more. You know, I think when you, you, you kind of, I suppose you, um, you earn it when you mm, go out mm. on, and um, you feel so much better afterwards. So I think that's kind of the way to think about it is that, you know, it just keeps you tipping over. And um, there's a nice balance there of, you know, you're just doing enough that allows you to enjoy Christmas. You're not getting on fit. You're maintaining fitness. And then, you know, you're ready to really get stuck into it come the new year. You're off to Australia now. You're literally about to head down under. And obviously there's quite a bit of traveling going on. Uh, People returning home. Welcome home if you're listening to this on the flight back or whatever you're doing. How does a person uh, best respond to that kind of stress on their system? I've mentioned this in two previous episodes that the app that I've downloaded that I now use in conjunction with my heart monitor chest strap is called Elite HRV, uh, as recommended by Vinnie Mulvey. We'll talk about it later. But it, it, it is telling me my readiness to train each morning. And I am amazed at how the travel is impacting my readiness to train. Is What is your advice for somebody getting off a long haul flight or mo- going back to Ireland or away from Ireland? Yeah, it's kind of a hard one to measure and there there is so many different ways of measuring it now. And I've never really had any of, you know, the um, things that you can use to measure it. I'm about to sign up. I joined a group of women coaches leading up to the Paris Olympics. And we're, we're all going to be wearing whoops. Oh, soon. very good. Another well, strap to put on the arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more watch. I think when I was doing the fittest family, they were saying, Sonia, two watches, you know. <laughs> now, um, now three. Yeah. Now three, yeah. But uh, no, I've kind of down. I'm, I haven't used my Garmin for quite a bit now. I'm off the Garmin. Oh, um, the Garmin, wow. Yeah, just because I haven't really been running. And um, I've even, even when I'm riding the bike, I just have the Apple Watch on. Well, the <laughs> Whoop will definitely tell you, right? That is the whole thing with Whoop is about that 360-degree view of your wellness. Uh, is that the best way to, to, in your opinion, to assess whether you're, you're ready to go after your long-haul flight? Or is it just getting better at, in tune with what you're feeling? Oh, well, I mean, I think these, I'm sure these um, monitors help a little bit or they kind of give you feedback more than, you know, you can, otherwise it's guesswork. Mm. Um, but, you know, I I left you know in a few weeks time <laughs> when I start, you, I don't have it yet. Um, I, I hope it's being delivered to me in Australia and then okay. I can have a good go of it. Um, but I think the best thing is to, you know, mainly think about it as fresh air and daylight and, you know, adjusting to the time of the place that you're traveling to yeah and um you know you just get into the groove there really fast and i, I did it actually pretty good on my trip over here um for the first few days but then i lost it the following week and i figured out the reason is because when you have a purpose or you have something to do and something that you have to be ready for then you're much more conscious 
of, you know, making sure that you get your sleep at the right time and you get up at the right time. And, you know, you're, you're trying to recover. You're trying to, you know, be on the right time zone. Yeah. But when you're less structured and you're kind of floating around a little bit, it's much harder to, um, mm. you know, to stick to the plan. And then you find you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're thinking, what? Why is this happening now? You know, I was, last week I was fine. Well, that's a gr- that's a great shout in terms of getting a structure down. Mightn't be that easy when other people are calling the shots and there's you've got to go and visit your Auntie Pauline. Uh, and then, of course, there's this and there's moving pieces. Uh, you've been a big advocate of getting up early and beating it all. Uh, that might come into our Christmas recommendations later on. If you have a last minute runner's gift to buy in your life. Uh, you will want to hear our list of those essentials that will always go down well with whoever you are buying for that runs. I want to ask you, though, before we get to that, Sonia, about resolutions. Uh, I know what my New Year's running resolution is to once and for all get the strength training going once or twice a week, just some form, little and often, That is what I'm fully committed to this year. It's the thing I regretted most last year. Commit to that strength training and maybe try and improve my sleep a little bit. Do you have one already ready or are you not a believer in those kind of things? I think my New Year's resolution is just to get back on track and to, um, you know, be a bit more committed to the cause. I think (laughs) I think I've not been I've not been very happy about not being able to run recently. So yeah, just throws me out. So I think part of the road to COVID and what I want to include in it is that for people, you know, who may be not able to run as much as they'd like to run, that we include some cross-training activities mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, methods of, you know, doing the equivalent training of running, but on the bike. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think for most people, it's enough to just transfer it over. And, you know, I think if you're training for the Olympics or the World Championships, yeah, the value or yeah, the value that you get out of a bike or swimming or aqua jogging or elliptic going, it's not as great as running. You don't get the same benefits. You you generally have to put in more time. Mm. Um, but I think even if you do the equivalent of the amount of time you'd be running, it's something and it's better than nothing. Absolutely. And, you yeah. know, I think that's what I have to tell myself because... I often think, oh, it's not working out for a bike ride unless you can go for a few hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't have time for a few hours. So, you know, it's, but I think if you just get out there and it's actually quite nice, you know, you, you feel good when you're out there. It doesn't matter if you're running or cycling. I think you definitely feel, for me anyway, I feel better doing things outside. Mm. It's funny though, but, isn't it? The way you think that in those terms of we're always comparing it whatever the exercise is to its better looking, more effective form of training and running, when in fact you probably need the change as much as anything. The benefit is actually the change in as much as the actual activity of cycling mightn't burn as many calories. It's it's not asking your body to do the exact same thing over and over. And I mean, burnout is what we're all trying to avoid here. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I know in Ireland, it's not very easy to get out on the bike at this time of the year. It's quite no, difficult. Very true. Um, but, 
you know, swimming is not a bad option in the winter. It's actually pretty good because mm. it's warm in the swimming pool. <laughs> but I would say to go in and try and find a group to do it with. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then also the gym. So com- combining the gym with anything at all that you can do is huge. And I definitely find that if I'm not running, I really focus on the gym a lot and I do it all properly. And I think when you do it properly, you get a lot of benefit out of it. And, you know, it, it definitely helps to maintain fitness more than you would think. Well, there you go. That's the shout out done. The call out is there. If you want to be a member of Sonia O'Sullivan's squad, the road to Cove awaits you. Email irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line Sonia's squad with your story, why we should consider you, why you should be picked as a member of this team. You'll, of course, get yourself an Irishman running abroad singlet and free entry into the Cove 10 taking place the first weekend in April. If you don't want to be considered and you just like to enter the race, the event master page is now open and anybody who enters before the 24th of February will, of course, automatically be entered into that brilliant draw for the two prize nights at the luxurious Photo Island Hotel and Spa. Ever since we did the late, late Sonia, people are coming up to me going, oh my God, is Sonia Sullivan coaching you doing the running? And the <laughs> event people that say to me, uh, she must be an amazing coach. I, and I say she is. But also, <laughs> the other thing is, you will run when you know that Sonia is checking your Strava. If you have any concerns about whether you have the motivation to do this, just knowing she's going to be checking. Uh, trust me, that that's one of the biggest motivations, one of the keys to our success with this thing. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to hear the rest of our conversation with the last minute gift guide with Vinnie Mulvey on the low heart rate training. If you've been putting this off all year, Treat yourself to it for the month of December and January. Five euros for the month. No obligation. Cancel any time you like. Or just sign up and get in. You know, come with us on this road to Cove. It'll be great crack. Trust me. Patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. And here's a little taster of what's coming up in the rest of the episode over there. I suppose to start, I would say that without heart rate training, it's really hard to determine how hard you've trained, really, and what it's done to your body, and and it's hard to gauge your recovery. So you're you're running blind, basically. It's a complete mind shift. When you're doing it, you are thinking, geez, people are gonna be like, what is this fella up to like? So when you're deconditioned aerobically, your mitochondria aren't as well developed, and you're not getting as much oxygen, and your muscle fibers are gonna tear, you're gonna get injured. Mm. 